1: Welcome to Mind Love, episode 215. Today's episode is all about one simple habit to change your attitude, your mindset, and your behavior towards self-acceptance.
0: Well, the reason why self-acceptance is the foundation for everything is because in the first example, when I said you were sitting there drawing and uh, happily just in your state of flow, drawing your rainbows and your flowers, you were in complete acceptance of what you were doing. And what nobody realizes is that the adult experience is one where we put ourselves in situations that we love, like drawing rainbows and flowers. And then we ourselves become that circle of people that stand around and go, well, that doesn't look good. I should really get going. And who am I to sit here and draw? And uh, who's going to like this anyway? And we start rejecting ourselves as we are moving through life and this is happening even when we are doing things that we love
1: turn up your frequency with mind love bite-sized brain hacks for seekers dreamers and doers it's time to give your mind a little love with your host melissa monte Heads up, if you haven't subscribed yet, hit that cute little button because then you'll be notified of new episodes. Also, subscribing, sharing, and five-star reviews are a really, really great way to give back if you love Mind Love. They help the show climb the charts, which helps me get even more amazing guests for you. Today, I actually want to read a review from Monica M, who says, Mind Love has helped me feel grounded through so many challenges in my life. Melissa makes the interviews so thought-provoking, and I always feel better after listening, which I do every single day. I'm learning so much, and I'm so thankful for this podcast. Well, thank you so much, Monica. I actually read this on a really hard day, and it totally brightened it. So thank you so much. And now let's get to the show. You guys, I am back from my first ever break from Mind Love, and I have to say I missed you guys, and I don't think I'm going to be taking a break again anytime soon because I just felt like something was missing, you know? Well, now that I'm back, I have a question for you. When you get overwhelmed by life, are you the kind of person that surprises yourself with your own capabilities, or do you just shut down? For most of my life, I was that shut down kind of person. Well... Actually, I'd I'd shut down my responsible side and let Clementine take over. Clementine was my former drunk alter ego. May she rest in peace. But over the years, I've become the former, somehow putting one foot in front of the other until I trudge through the storm. This alter ego is actually called Mo. Mo gets shit done. Well, when I reflect on the circumstances that either Mo, my get shit done ego, or Clem, my throw shit at the fan and dance in it alter ego, it's not the circumstances that are very different. It's my attitude about whatever is going on. I've also noticed that Mo is more willing to come out for other people than she is for me. For example, in my early 20s, a friend of mine was evicted with three days notice, which looking back, is that even legal? Well, I was over at her house in an hour, champagne in hand, Craigslist up, already mid-scroll, and prepared to fully pack all of the boxes. Well, cut to a year later, when I was moving out of my townhouse on my own accord and had months to prepare, I somehow left furniture and belongings, didn't do a full clean, enlisted my ex to help move boxes into a truck last minute because I didn't do it, and I essentially lost my entire deposit because I half-assed my whole move. So why was it that I could get my ass in gear for someone else, but I couldn't do it for myself? I think this is also why motherhood has had such a profound effect on me. There is so much that I just do now that I legitimately did not realize I had in me. Actually, this whole last month was one of those months that felt like it was breaking me. But somehow, I kept just putting one foot in front of the other. Because I'm not just getting myself through this, Now I'm getting my family through this, which is great, and I'm proud of this transformation. And I also realize that there is even more power to be had by having my own back with the same amount of enthusiasm as when I'm there for others. And I know I'm not the only one who struggles with this. If you're a people pleaser, or you struggle with boundaries, or you don't speak up in meetings or you sit in silent agony while the masseuse unknowingly tortures you even though you're the one who's paying her to feel good. Any of these things is doing yourself a disservice. Whether you realize it or not, you are the most important person in your life. I know you might want to argue with me on this one, but think about it. You are the center of your relationships, of your passions, of your work, You're the one who married your person and raised your baby and got hired by your boss or started your business. You have a lot of roles to fill. And the way you show up in every one of those roles is determined by what you believe about yourself, not about someone else, about you. In other words, what you believe about yourself dictates your entire life experience and usually other people's experiences of you too. So, okay, I have another question for you. When you look in the mirror, what is your default response? For most of us, it's criticism. We see the parts that we don't like about ourselves first, as though we have this little mental highlighter circling our fat and our frown lines. But what if there was a simple way to change that default attitude toward ourselves? And what if just one simple habit change set the tone for the entire rest of your day? Funny enough, I needed this shift more than ever on the morning of this very interview. Quick story. (laughs) I was planning ahead for Christmas break, which meant having a certain number of episodes scheduled, emails scheduled, autoresponders set, you know, all the things. On top of packing, getting a baby ready for a nine hour road trip, presents wrapped, just being a mom in general, all the other things. Well, on my last full few days of work, we had the biggest snowstorm of the year, which meant that my sitter couldn't come and help with bravery. And a straight-up 12-hour power outage, which began right in the middle of this interview. This interview that I had been looking forward to more than all of my other interviews for months. So let me set the stage for you, though. I had this interview with Mel Robbins planned for like five months. I read her new book. I reread her old book. I prepped my questions, which, yes, I prepare for all of my interviews, but this was Mel Robbins. I had to bring my A-game, right? Well, I knew since it snowed, a power outage was possible. Some of the unperks of small mountain town vibes. So I plugged my router and my modem into our little generator, just in case. But I didn't really think anything was going to happen, so I left my microphone plugged into my monitor, which relies on being plugged into a power source, and then the worst-case scenario happened. One question into this interview, all power goes down. So my screen, my mic, my computer had battery, but everything else went out. So of course, I do what any mindfulness expert does. (laughs) I scream fluff, minus the luff and plus an uck. I don't know, sometimes I feel like the F word is the only word to express myself through, and other times it just feels kind of out of alignment. Like now, I'm in a fluff sort of mood. But this day, I was all in the uck. Anyways, turns out, as I said, monitor and mic went down, but my battery-powered laptop mic kicked in immediately, And picked up my desperate expletives and Mel Robbins had a front row seat to my meltdown. I thought I'd lost her and all of a sudden I hear a little voice coming out of my small speaker on my laptop that's (laughs) saying, it's okay, I'm still here, what's up? (laughs) Now I'm even more mortified than just having lost power because she heard all that. Well, long story short, she was totally gracious. I'm an even bigger fan of hers than I was before. She even offered to reschedule if I needed, but thankfully we got it all together. And she was just super patient while I worked through all the hiccups. And so the interview went great, which I will tell you is not always the case with well-known authors. So after the interview, I went and looked at myself in the mirror, couldn't help but laugh because, girl, what did we just go through? And then I just gave myself a high five for getting through it. And I have to say, that simple little act really did change everything. My whole mood shifted. Suddenly, me and me were on the same team. And thank God, because we would totally need that team for the nine other mini crises that seemed to happen between then and today, including my whole fam getting sick. It wasn't a bad case or anything, but can we talk about how difficult it is taking care of a baby when you have a fever, a headache, and no energy? Another episode, but I swear to you, it was a special kind of torture. Well today we are learning about how to give yourself the high fives celebration and support that you deserve. And our guest is Mel Robbins. She is one of the leading voices in personal development and transformation and a New York Times best-selling author. Her work includes The High Five Habit, The 5 Second Rule, four number 1 best-selling audiobooks as well as a signature online course that have changed the lives of more than a half a million students worldwide. Her groundbreaking work on behavior change inspires people to be more confident, effective, and fulfilled. And as one of the most widely booked and followed public speakers in the world, Mel coaches more than 60 million people online every month, and videos featuring her work have had more than a billion views online, including her TEDx talk, which is one of the most popular of all time. So three key things we will learn are why positive thinking alone doesn't work, Why one simple habit changes your brain at a structural level, and how to create boundaries to prioritize yourself first. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family, or you have a work deadline, or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, The Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Listen to The Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. And now let's welcome Mel Robbins to the show. Well, thank you. So I need to tell you that when I started reading your newest book, I was expecting just this like you know, feel good new habit. But by page two, for some reason, I was already crying. (laughs) Why were you crying? Well, I think that you got this mentality is something I needed to hear at that moment. I'm a new mom. My baby's eight months old. We've all been living through the last two years. I've moved and and I'm going through a big transition right now. And so... I didn't realize how much I needed to hear it until I heard you just lay it all out there. So I actually put the book down on page two and went into the bathroom and tried it myself.
0: (laughs) And what happened the first time you tried to look yourself in the mirror and give yourself a high five?
1: The interesting thing to me is that what I thought it was going to feel like was different than it actually felt like. It was like I could see myself in a different perspective, like see the woman that was there that needed to hear this rather than the same old words going through my head or or it feeling fake or whatever it was. It's just I saw this woman there that needed to hear these words that was doing the best she could. And then I almost felt bad that I hadn't been giving that to her. But logically, I know I need to give myself grace because I am a new mom and there's so much that's new to me right now. And so the fact that there was some subconscious part of me that felt like I didn't deserve it, it, was, it just all kind of came to the surface with this seemingly very simple tool.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like, you know how you let yourself go yes. and you are carrying groceries in from the car? And you're basically hyperventilating by the time you get to the kitchen. At least I'm talking for myself here. And you have this realization, oh my God, like I'm out of shape. (laughs) But it's the physical experience of getting winded doing something simple that makes you have this profound insight. And I think that the power of adding a high five in the mirror to yourself in your morning routine, is that it is a physical act that triggers a deep awakening. Like the fact that it doesn't occur to any of us that we need to be more encouraging of ourselves or that we're not really kind to ourselves or that we're really missing that feeling of being supported. Like I think intellectually, we know this, just like intellectually, you know, when you've let yourself go, But when you physically have an experience where you do the opposite of what you normally do and what everybody normally does right now is you start your day by either refusing to look in the mirror because you don't like what you look like or by looking in the mirror and obsessing about the things you don't like and need to fix. Those two examples, Melissa, are habits of self-rejection. Everybody on the planet And yes, you listening, you have a very ingrained habit of rejecting yourself. When you stand in back of a photo with your friends to hide your body, you are rejecting yourself. When you catch a glimpse of your new body after you've just given birth and you go, ugh, you are rejecting yourself. When you see your stretch marks and you don't see them as an incredible stripe that you earned from having a child, but instead you see them as something that you wish would go away, you are rejecting yourself. When you make a salad tonight and you overdress it and you say to yourself, "Ugh, I always screw everything up, you're rejecting yourself. And it is so second nature that you don't even realize how much you do it. It's literally like you've grown up in a house where everybody spoke English, and now you are dropped into a house where everybody speaks Spanish. You don't even think about the fact that you that you were raised speaking English because nobody's ever spoken a different way to you. It's so part of who you are to reject yourself. And so this is why women in particular, we are obsessed with seeking outside validation. We are obsessed with making sure that people are, liking us and not disappointed in us and that we're considered to be doing a good job. It's because we need that encouragement and we need validation. And what we've done is we have all developed habits of beating the hell out of ourselves. That's why we look outside ourselves to make sure we're okay. And the feeling that you had with that very first high five in the mirror was a deep realization of, oh my God, I, I, I can't remember the last time I was kind to myself, or I said you got this, or I said good job, because all I ever do is point out what I'm not doing right. And you know, I want you to know you're not alone in this, Melissa. Like for me, it was this huge awakening. You know, here I am at a point in my life when I discovered the power of high fiving yourself in the mirror every morning, where you know I've achieved so much success. I, I've battled mental health issues from anxiety to postpartum depression. I've gotten on the other side of that. I have childhood trauma, which I've been working hard to heal. I have clawed our family out of near bankruptcy and a million dollars in debt and gone on to build a massively successful business from scratch, I make millions of dollars a year. I like in revenue in our company. I'm living my dream. I'm living my dream. I am able to put money away to, to support my kids, to have financial freedom. I've cured my mental health stuff. I'm like working on my marriage and I beat the living shit out of myself all day long. And here is the thing that I want everybody to hear loud and clear. When we were little kids, we were born and came into this world and your eight month old child is at a point in their development where they love themselves. They don't need your permission to talk. They don't care what they're wearing. When your son or daughter can crawl up to a mirror, he or she will love the sight of themselves. It gets conditioned into you to reject yourself, to be quiet, to shut up, to be seen and not heard, to do as I say, not as I'm doing. Parents, because of how we parent, because you gotta discipline your kids, you literally can't help But at some point, teach your kids, if you do as I say, I'll like you. If you don't, I'm going to be annoyed with you. And so kids all learn, okay, I got to morph into something that mom or dad wants. And then it becomes, I got to morph into something that my friends want. And the other thing that happens to all of us is that you start to get really positive attention when you're achieving something. So when you get a good grade or you make the cheerleading squad or the sports team or the school play or you get into that school or you get that job or you meet that person or you get engaged or you make the money or you buy the car, we all celebrate those things, right? And so we become convinced that our worthiness is in what we're doing and in what we have. You got a big ring, it means you got a great marriage. You got a big house, it means you got a great life. You got all those things outside of you, then you are worthy of celebration. And what I'm here to tell everybody, and I did not discover this until I was 50 freaking two years old, do not fucking wait that long to learn this. You gotta learn how to bring that validation back in house. You got to learn how to look yourself in the mirror and not see the stuff you need to fix, but to see a human being that you like, somebody that you're going to go through life with, somebody that deserves your support and celebration. I mean, do you know how many things you do right every day, Melissa? I've
1: begun starting to count (laughs) because I I need that. And it was actually funny. It was in response to somebody else in a loving way, not realizing they were criticizing my parenting and me not wanting to hear it. And so I got defensive and I wrote a list. It was funny. I ended up writing a list to this person of all the things that,
0: Right, person, so tell me what the person was criticizing. Put us right at the scene.
1: Oh, my gosh. That baby needs purees, not solid foods. The Its feet are cold. He's crawling on the ground. Wipe his feet more. Wipe his mouth between bites. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. So I wrote a list of all the criticisms, and then I responded with all the things I'm doing right as a parent. And... It was funny because I thought this was in response to that person, but I didn't realize that this was in response to me. I needed to hear that more than anybody else needs to hear what I'm doing right.
0: Yeah, and this is why this is so important. It's important because if you can develop a habit of seeing yourself in the mirror and liking yourself and knowing that even if you don't do everything perfectly, you have a great heart and great intention, if you can start your day there, I see a human being I like, and you go out into the world and somebody then tells you all the things they don't like. You need to do parade fruit. Yeah, it might sting and be annoying, but it doesn't change the fact that fundamentally you like yourself. So what I love about what you just said is when you made that list of this is what that bitch said <laughs> and this is what I believe I do right, you were affirming your need to feel empowered and encouraged and celebrated for yourself. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Because if you like yourself, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It cannot change the fact that you like yourself.
1: Yeah, that's true. And what I find interesting is that we tend to think that we're the only ones doing it to ourselves. We are able to say, well, when I get to this level in my business or when my child is this years, this many years old, or when I make this much money, then I'm not going to do this to myself. And so the only reason I'm doing this to myself is because I'm not there yet. But that's why it's so helpful to hear stories from people like you. I remember Ariana Huffington talking about her own uh, imposter syndrome, that it's not going to go away on its own. It's not going to go away based on your accomplishments. It's going to go away based on the
0: habits that you cultivate. Correct. Beating yourself up is a habit. Telling yourself that your worth is uh, based on the number that you weigh on a scale or the amount of money you have in a bank or how cute your kid's outfit is when you drop them off at daycare. Like the habit is to stop looking outside of yourself at all of this stuff and to look inside yourself and start validating the characteristics of And the effort that you're putting in right now where you are with the milk stains coming through your shirt and the bank account not where you want it to be and feeling like you're not where you want to be in your body. And I'm not I'm talking about, you know, me as a new mom and actually practice habits of kindness, of cheering, of treating yourself with a sense of even though you are where you are, good and bad, you're still deserving of happiness and support. And the best way to feel like you are deserving of happiness and support is to treat yourself with happiness and support and kindness.
1: So this simple habit actually changes your brain on a structural level.
0: What's the, what's the science behind it? Oh my God. The science is bananas. And in fact, When I finally realized, holy shit, I gotta write a book about this. This is crazy, because this is, I think, the most powerful and impactful thing I've ever discovered, because it goes down to the core of who you are and how you treat yourself. The five-second rule, which I invented a while ago, will help you push through fear, resignation, and doubt. Right? It helps you get going. It helps you take action. The high five habit fundamentally changes who you are. When you have habits of kindness and support and encouragement, you actually don't need the five second rule as much because you're not beating yourself up so much. You're not talking yourself out of stuff. You are not trashing yourself constantly. And when you feel encouraged and liked and validated by yourself, you're actually more empowered and motivated to take more risks and to do more things that normally you'd need the five second rule for. And so it shifts all the way down to the core of who you are and how you treat yourself, which is why it's so powerful. Now the science is also extraordinary here because you're not learning anything new. We are taking a lifetime of programming that is in your brain, your neural pathways, and in your nervous system. And we are aiming all of that positive psychological, neurological, physiological, and chemical programming in your body right at you. And so I'm asking everybody to adopt a new habit. I'm asking you, after you brush your teeth, put your toothbrush down, look yourself in the mirror, and then raise your hand without saying a word and just high five yourself. That's all I'm asking you to do. And here is the research-backed scientific benefit of doing that. Number one, when you stand there and look at yourself in the mirror, that's the first breakthrough. Because based on our research, we've got millions of people that follow uh, me online, based on our research with our audience, 50% of men and women will not or cannot look at themselves in the mirror. They do not like how they look. They do not like where they are in life. They do not even look at themselves. In fact, I was at a workshop this weekend. It was really interesting. I was doing one of those uh, cold therapy, Wim Hof uh, kind of cold ice bath things. And after, you know, my husband and I and our two best friends did our turn, there was a person that was there on his own to do his. And I said, would you like for me to take a photo of you while you're doing this? And he said, I don't think so because I don't like what I look like. And I said, enough said, I'm taking photos. Um... (laughs) because that's how I roll. That is the norm for most people. 91% of women don't like what they look like. And so if you can't look at yourself in the mirror, that's a habit of self-rejection. If you look in the mirror and you see all the things that you don't like, that's a habit of self-rejection. If you apply makeup and makeup is not additive or a creative or artistic act, but makeup is about covering shit up, That's a habit of self-rejection. And so I want you to break that habit. I want you to put your toothbrush down and look at yourself. That's number one. And don't look at what you don't like. I want you to look through your skin and I want you to see the human being behind those eyes because that human being needs you and they're sick and tired of you picking them apart. And then take a deep breath. And whenever you feel ready, don't say a word, just raise your hand. It's The physical action does all the work for you because your brain knows what a high five is. Your brain has been receiving high fives and giving high fives your whole life. You have seen sports teams do it. You have seen teachers do it to kids. Your brain knows what a high five means. What does a high five mean to you, Melissa?
1: High five means celebration. It means great job. It's, it's also kind of, uh, in a way, it, it's coming together also. Like you, you feel less lonely or isolated because it's, you're celebrating as well as somebody else.
0: Yeah, and you know, if, if you are going down in an attitude because you are blue play in sports, a high five is like, shake it off, we still got this. Come on, keep going. It's a, you got this. It's a belief. It's incredible. You have never, ever received a high five or given a high five and thought, I hate you. You're hideous. I hope you lose. Neurologically, the programming associated with the physical action is already locked right here. So what you'll notice is you can stand in front of the mirror the first morning you do it and think this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, why am I? But as your hand gets closer to the mirror, you'll notice something interesting, your mind goes silent. And your mind is grabbing all the programming that is associated with the high five that is literally hardwired into your subconscious. And so you can't high five your own reflection and think I hate myself, I've blown it, I'm a failure. It's neurologically impossible because your brain does not have that association with this physical action. So that's the first benefit. You literally interrupt the critic and you're plowing new neural pathways, neural association with your reflection, all positive. That's a person I believe in. That's a person I celebrate. That's a person I'm cheering for. That's a person I encourage. That's what you're programming into your brain. You're getting a snowstorm right now. The high five is like a plow, plowing through the snow, a new neural pathway that is about your identity with yourself. The second thing that happens is you will likely laugh. And the laugh is the fact that there's another benefit aside from the positive programming. Your brain has forever given you a boost of dopamine whenever you've received a high five. Your brain doesn't know the difference between you high-fiving yourself and somebody else high-fiving you. So you get a drip of dopamine. That's why you laugh. The other thing that happens is you feel slightly energized. There's sort of this like energy, not like you're going to go run a marathon, but a little bit like, all right, shake it off. Let's go. Um, and what that is, is that's your nervous system. So your nervous system is hardwired with celebratory energy. Whenever you shout surprise at a uh, birthday party, you raise your hands. When your team scores, you raise your hands. When you wave hello, you raise your hands. When you high five somebody, you raise your arm. And because it's paired with positive programming, your nervous system is like, oh, okay, we got this, celebrate. And that's why you feel this boost. Now, we've just boosted your mood. We've just given you a little energy. We've just uh, forged new pathways that are positive, changing the way that you see and treat yourself. We've also leveraged behavioral activation therapy because you're now acting like a person that's kind to themselves and that cheers to themselves. And you've done that all in less than five seconds. We also know based on research that when your mood is boosted in the morning, it impacts your productivity and your focus all day long. And we are teaching you a habit of sending you into your day feeling like you have your own back. We are starting your day with you demonstrating that you like yourself and that you cheer for yourself, which then translates in how you show up the rest of the day. That's what's happening when you add a high five in the mirror to your morning routine.
1: risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back. No questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash MindLove.
0: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the...
1: That's incredible. It, it's so simple, so fast. And there not there something also about the fact that it's something different than what you've been doing before? I believe you talked about neurobic exercises and that really caught my attention. Can you go into detail about that?
0: Sure. So neurobics, it's not my word, but neurobics is like aerobic activity with neuropathway development. And what researchers know is that the fastest way for your brain to learn a new pattern is to pair a new pattern of thinking with an unexpected physical movement. And so, um, for example, you'll often hear uh, psychologists say that you should brush your teeth with your non-dominant hand while you're thinking through a presentation or a math problem or you know, something that you're trying to remember. And the reason why this works is because if you use your non-dominant hand, it forces this part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, to have to really focus on what you're doing because you don't normally do it that way. So what happens when you start to add in the high five is you don't normally high five yourself. So the physical action immediately makes this part of your brain pay attention. So now as you're doing it and you're paying attention and then your mind switches to subconscious, oh, high five programming, I got this. You will learn this faster. I think it takes people less than five days to fundamentally start to see themselves differently.
1: This makes a lot of sense as to why people, they're skeptical about affirmations by themselves. So many people have tried just positive thinking yeah, just positive thinking or just affirmations. And that, that's like hailed in the self-development community, but it seems to be missing some of these key aspects.
0: Well, I think that positive thinking, which I label as realistic optimism, is something that you need to fight for. Having an optimistic mindset, which means that you believe based on your actions and your attitude you can have a positive impact on any situation you're facing. That's what optimism is. It doesn't mean if I just hope for the best, the best will come. That's not what it means. Optimism means believing that through your own actions and your own attitude, you can have a positive impact on anything that you're facing, which we all know is true. So fight for an optimistic mindset. The research here is irrefutable in terms of how it makes you happier, more successful, healthier, you earn more money, you sell more, like it's just, it's, it's better for your mental health, on and on and on. But affirmations are a different thing. So affirmations, I think you need to be very uh, skeptical of, not because they don't work, but because you're not picking the right affirmation. You see, most people believe that if you simply write down, you know, a 100 times or you say a 100 times, I am a millionaire, I am a millionaire, I am a millionaire, I love my body, I love my body, I love my body, I, you know, I am amazing, I'm strong, I am this, that somehow that's going to change you. It doesn't. In fact, what most people do is they're struggling in an area. You're dead broke. You make terrible decisions with money. You haven't even opened your bills in four months. You sit on the couch and watch TV, and then you go to the mirror and say, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire. It's bullshit because your actions are not aligned with the affirmation. And so if you want to start with affirmations in terms of something to do with your mind, that's fine. But you better level down what that affirmation is. And instead of declaring this thing that's way off in the future, pick something kind of pathetic, but that you know you can wrap your brain around because believability is what's important. You can say, while you're nearly bankrupt and you haven't looked at your bills and you're parked at on the couch watching Netflix, you can say, I deserve to clean up this financial mess. I deserve to have a healthy financial life and I'm capable of doing the work to make it happen. Do you see how that's different than saying I'm going to be a millionaire? I am a millionaire. I'm a millionaire in the future. No, start with I deserve to fix this and I'm capable of doing it. I deserve to make better choices. I'm capable of doing it. I am capable of facing this mess and I'm going to do it one day at a time. Pick something that is more believable. That gets you inching forward. That's how an affirmation can help. But most of them don't work because people pick the wrong damn thing.
1: That makes a lot of sense, and it reminds me of uh, right before I launched Mind Love. I had gone through a decade of self destruction, so which is why I related to so much of your book. I was—I had a pretty bad eating disorder that I—I I was just in the midst of healing. There was. Uh, and I, I just couldn't seem to finish anything. So I had begun to develop this self-belief that I couldn't finish anything. And I was actually mm. doing the, the work to work through this and reading books on how to solve this and actually doing all the cheesy exercises at the back of the chapters that most people skip. And one of them was to take a log of all these negative thoughts that were coming in my mind. And this was one that I did not realize was affecting me until I wrote it down. And because it wasn't always my self-belief, it had somehow yeah. developed right around after college and so the exercise was to cross it out and write something empowering. And wouldn't you have it? I happened to do this affirmation correctly, I believe. Why'd you write? Instead of, I I rewrote that I couldn't finish anything to when I find something that I am passionate about, I always finish it. And what that led me to do was to find something I was passionate about instead of chasing it for the wrong reasons. I was really good at marketing. I had done marketing and helped other people build their businesses. And so I just kept chasing what I thought was gonna be, make me money rather than what I thought was going to be sustainable for, for my personal interests and likes. And so there was something about that affirmation that after that, my whole life changed. I mean, there was a a ton of other things that
0: went into it too. It sounds like you have ADHD too. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Well, that's a hallmark of it, that you're able to hyper focus on something that holds your interest and you have an impossible time directing and holding focus on the small little things that aren't that interesting to you.
1: That's exactly right. (laughs) When we talk about self-acceptance, a lot of people think, you know, self-love, self-acceptance is just this buzzword, but self-acceptance is actually the number one key to happiness in in our lives. Why is that? Why why is self-acceptance so wrapped up in basically all of the other nodes of a happy and successful life?
0: Well, let's just attack this from common sense. If you're... Let's just say, what's something that you used to love to do as a kid?
1: I used to love to draw.
0: Okay. So let's imagine little 10-year-old Melissa sitting at a table drawing. What are you drawing? Rainbows and animals all the time. (laughs) Great. Great. And as you're sitting there drawing your rainbows and your animals and you're in your happy place, let's just imagine that a group of teachers and some students come and stand around the table, and they start to go, that's an ugly rainbow. That's a horrible, uh, and some kid looks at you and is like, you must be a loser if you're drawing. So they just start ramming you with all kinds of statements of rejection. What immediately happens to your contentment, your fulfillment, and your happiness that you were just feeling as you were happily sitting there drawing? It dissipates. Completely. Well, the reason why self-acceptance is the foundation for everything, is because in the first example, when I said you were sitting there drawing and uh, happily just in your state of flow, drawing your rainbows and your flowers, you were in complete acceptance of what you were doing. And what nobody realizes is that the adult experience is one where we put ourselves in situations that we love, like drawing rainbows and flowers, And then we ourselves become that circle of people that stand around and go, well, that doesn't look good. I should really get going. And who am I to sit here and draw? And uh, who's going to like this anyway? And we start rejecting ourselves as we are moving through life. And this is happening even when we are doing things that we love. I mean, how many of us have loved cooking and we are cooking dinner and we're beating ourselves up about the fact that we forgot to buy something or it doesn't look great or we forgot about the thing in the store. And so if you can get back to a state where no matter what you're doing or trying to do or you didn't do, you didn't go to the gym yesterday, you drank too much wine last night, now you got a hangover and you're embarrassed about what you did or you're sitting there trying to draw rainbows or you work at Like, no matter what you're doing, that the baseline is that that circle of people criticizing is not allowed in your space. That's what self-acceptance is.
1: I think one of the main problems is that we think that voice inside of us is our true self trying to warn us and trying to protect us when really it's more of an amalgamation of all of the voices that we've heard and usually the negative ones, since those are the ones that we hold on to, because those are the ones that kind of shake us and, and cause an emotional reaction. So those are the ones that are highlighted in our minds. And that's just what's adopted as our inner voice is those things being repeated over and over again.
0: Yeah, like if you wanted to get really granular about it, and we go back to the example of you being the 10-year-old in the you know, table drawing your rainbows and your flowers, there are probably a list of characters that represent all the various voices that you heard that made you start to think there was something wrong with you. And you adopted those voices because our brains learn patterns. And there is another voice. And the other voice is our voices become very critical when we enter school because the primary driver in childhood development of a certain age is to fit in. And so the negative criticism can often be your own voice trying to protect you because it feels scary to be yourself. It feels scary to be the only one sitting there drawing rainbows and flowers when the other kids are playing four square or they're sitting over there doing that. And so your own mind starts to criticize and reject you and try to protect you from standing out because it doesn't want you to get hurt. And so that's another thing that kicks in. Don't get too big, don't get too loud, don't stand out too much. And you know, interestingly in the example that you gave about the criticism that you got parenting, I don't know if it was a mother-in-law or a friend or a nanny or whoever the hell it was, or your own mother that was bitching about the way you were doing something. But since it wasn't my relative or friend that was doing it, what I heard is, oh, I guarantee you the person that was doing that to you grew up with a really critical mom that her mom constantly was on her ass about everything. Don't drop the spoon. Don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do that. Did you walk the dog? You can't wear that. And so as a young kid, she fused that don't, 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 don't protectionism, like criticism thing with that's the experience of actually loving and supporting somebody. She can't even hear it. Not saying it's right. It's just a pattern that's been absorbed. I can see the wheels turning up there. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and
1: I—the thing is—is I—I know these tools, and so I had this whole process of talking myself through it and understanding that it wasn't about me and and whatnot. But when those things creep in, it's interesting how it can still trigger you on an emotional level. I had to pull out all of my tools,
0: meditation, you know, like talk. It will forever. <laughs> it will forever because your brain isn't what's processing first. Your nervous system is. And so you're not actually processing it, that criticism about your parenting. You're not actually processing that as an adult woman. You're having a remembered experience of being a child who is criticized. And that is stored in your nervous system. You know that when somebody criticizes you, either the hair stands back on your end, your ankles get hot, like there's some feeling. And your body, the second it's wired in your nervous system, it takes you right back to the response that you used to have. Silence, running, arguing, like whatever it is. And so having compassion for yourself. I have a, a situation like this too. When I sense that somebody is judging me or about to be disappointed, I lie. That was my learned experience as a kid. Just say whatever you need to say to make sure nobody's upset. When you lie, when you don't tell the truth, when you fudge a little over here, when you only tell this little part, the adults around you are happy. And so that became my default for a really long time and I didn't understand why. And it wasn't until I was able to trace it back to the morning after I was molested and my mother asking me, how'd you sleep? And the experience of that, <gasps> I don't want anyone to be upset. I feel like I did something wrong. There's the kid that did it. There's my mom. She's got a spatula. She'll fucking smack him into next week. And I immediately was like, I wanted to tell her. Like I it was right there. And my little nine year old body felt this wave of nerves. And I went, I slept fine. And something interesting happened. Everything went on. Nobody got in trouble. There was no drama. I didn't upset anybody. And that's when this behavior, You get the feeling of, oh, God, I don't want to upset somebody. Lie. Look around. See what you should say. Just say what you should say. Don't say what you want to say. And I'll tell you, I battled that pattern for another, God, three decades until I could link it back to the feeling that I was feeling. Do you think we need to know the exact root of our issues in order to change the habits that go along with them? Absolutely not. All you need to do is identify the kind of triggering event, the feeling that you felt in your body. And when you can identify those two things, oh, when somebody criticizes me, I immediately feel this. Or when, you know, somebody, like when I feel attacked, I retreat, right? It's really important to identify what the trigger is and what your response is that's automated. But then the most important piece of this is you've got to program a different response. And so being able, and you did the right thing, writing out what they said, writing out what you do right, but also write out what happens for you in that moment that makes you lose your power. Do you go silent? Do you like feel paralyzed? Do you possum? Do you yell back? Like whatever it is that is a learned response, that's the thing that we want to reprogram something different. And the way that you're gonna do that is you do exactly what you did. You identify the situations that trigger you or you have an automatic response that's probably stored trauma. And then we are going to come up with before you're in that situation again, the behavior that you're going to do instead. This is called creating an A-B plan. And what they have researched is that when you create an A-B plan, if A happens and somebody criticizes my parenting, and I feel that thing that I feel on my stomach, and normally I go silent, I'm gonna catch myself. You can use the five second rule here. It's super helpful to interrupt the patterns and count backwards, five, four, three, two, one, because that's now your trigger to do the new thing. And then you are going to say whatever you're gonna say. You're you're gonna come up with something that you're gonna say, thank you. I can tell you're concerned and I'm not open for advice right now.
1: I love that response. (laughs)
0: Or I appreciate your concern. I do not appreciate your tone of voice. If you have something you want to say, please frame it in a suggestion. If you continue to talk to me like that, you will not be allowed in my house. You know, whatever it is that is going to be your thing. And then when you have it rehearsed, then you can start to rehearse the new behavior in those situations. That's how you do it. And here's why you don't need to know the initiating event. My therapist once explained to me that kind of these patterns are a lot like a cluster of grapes. Yeah, if you go all the way up the cluster to the stem, there's an originating event. But every time you have a situation where you have the same, somebody criticizes you and you go silent and feel demoralized, that's another grape. And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the next time you get criticized and you go silent, another grape grows. And it could literally be somebody barking at you about how you parked at the grocery store. Boom, there's the grape. You go silent, you don't say anything, then you regret not saying anything, then you beat yourself up and there's the grape that formed. And so this whole, and that's why what you wanna do every time you pull a, every time you replace the behavior with that new thing, five, four, three, two, one, you don't get to talk to me like that, not in my house. You're entitled to your opinion, you're not entitled to speak to me with that tone of voice. Uh, whatever your thing is, you actually pluck a grape off the cluster. Isn't that cool?
1: It's so cool. And for some reason, boundaries feel scary to so many people. Every time I do an episode that mentions something about enforcing your boundaries, people are like, how?
0: But see, it's not simple. These things are not simple because you're talking about patterns that have been plowed into your mind, body, and spirit over decades. And in some people's cases, you're talking about generational patterns. And so you are, in healing yourself, you are giving yourself permission to do hand-to-hand combat with old patterns. And one of the reasons why so many people have issues with boundaries is because it feels dangerous, even life-threatening, to express them. Because so many of us feel that if I draw a line in the sand, it means that you're not gonna love me anymore. It means you're not gonna like me anymore. It means that I've done something wrong. And so it's really important to approach boundaries and understand number one, boundaries are actually not for other people. Boundaries are for you because boundaries mark where behavior is acceptable and where it crosses a line for you and boundaries keep you safe. So I like to think about, you know, when we got our dog, there were these three dogs that live across the street at the farm across the street and our dog's an Australian shepherd. He loves these other dogs. Oh my God. And so he would hear the freaking door on the farmhouse across the street, and our dog would literally charge at our screen door in the summer and plow through the screen door, run right across the, the the lawn, jump right over the stone wall, run right across the road on the blind corner that we live on, and right up the driveway to his friends, right? And he was going to get killed. You know, even though we don't live on a busy road, he was going to get killed. So we got an electric fence, The electric fence is not for the other dogs. It's not for pedestrians that walk by or The electric fence and the little white flags are a reminder for Yolo for where he is safe. And so when you think about boundaries, think about what flags you need to plant in order for you to feel safe and supported. And so, you know, a boundary could be about your stuff. Uh, Yeah, you can borrow my stuff, sister that I love, but not unless you ask. And if somebody keeps crossing your boundary, then you gotta turn up the frickin' voltage on the fence. Put a lock on the door of your bedroom. You know, yes, I will come to your house, but not if we're speaking about politics, mom and dad. That's my boundary, that's my little white flag. And, you know, the interesting thing is, is that the fence protects YOLO, but the nice thing about the boundary markers, the white things is because the UPS driver can see it, because pedestrians or people riding horses that go out can see it, they know that they're safe too. They know where the line is because our dog loves to charge and bark People, you know, at people. Like he's not a mean dog, doesn't bite people. He's like, oh, you know, like that kind of thing. And if you're, you know, like, but if you see the white, flags, you know, the boundary. Just like when you say to your sister, you can borrow my shit, but not unless you ask. Somebody calls you, can I borrow your pickup truck? No, but I will help you Tuesday morning for an hour if you need to move something. Now you've got flags for yourself. I do not let other people drive my pickup. But you've got these markers that say, but I can be there Tuesday for an hour and help. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And I think it also gives people a lot of grace because they think, why is this so hard for me? Why is it just so hard to stand out for myself? But to know that we're actually working, we're not just working against the habits we've accrued. We're working against a, a lifetime, other lifetimes, a society of people that are all living in a certain way and creating this new way. And what's so motivating for me, I've been making so many changes this last year, is because it's not even just about me anymore. I want to pass down more positive habits for my new baby. I want him to have a new default network that And you got
0: to demonstrate it. Mm-hmm. you got to demonstrate it. Like you have to show him what high-fiving yourself in the mirror looks like. You have to show him what boundaries look like. You have to show him that, um, you know, that the, like telling a kid does not work. They're watching. And so, you know, I think the other thing to keep in mind is your parents didn't have boundaries. Nobody taught them how to do this. You didn't have boundaries growing up with your siblings. Like we were all a giant amoeba running all over the place. And so in order for you to have a healthy and fulfilling life where you're not meshed with the other people in your life, boundaries are an amazing thing. And the most important boundaries, by the way, are the ones with yourself. Like a huge boundary in my life, I do not sleep with my phone. Another boundary in my life is, and this is a new one, I now have one of those old school uh, Macintosh towers instead of a laptop for work because then I can't carry it into the kitchen. I work in my office at home instead of being in the gray zone. That's another boundary. Um, Other examples of boundaries, you don't drink during the week. Other examples of boundaries, you don't have a cup of coffee before you have two glasses of water in the morning. Another example of boundaries, like there's all kinds of boundaries that draw a line in the sand between what's acceptable and what crosses a line. Well, thank you so much. We have so much to work with
1: <laughs> today. <laughs> so much of this was exactly what I needed to hear. That's why I love that I did the work to you know, create this show back when I did, because it seems like... It keeps me on alignment and it keeps me within my own boundaries because I'm able to talk to amazing people like you. So this week when this airs, I'm going to be leading the high five habit on Instagram. So you will see people tagging me and you. Hopefully this catches on because I'm starting today, way before the episode airs. And uh, for listeners that are resonating with your new book as much as I am, where's the best place for them to connect with you online?
0: Just follow us online. Just go to Mel Robbins. Uh, And on any of the social platforms, we literally put out seven videos a week, have over a million subscribers on YouTube, putting out 20 pieces of content a day. And that's where you can follow and get the support, the empowerment, the encouragement. It's where I'm sharing what's going on in my life and not from a bragging standpoint. Like I'm talking about boundaries because I am constantly working on my boundaries too. I am working on... All kinds of stuff in real time. I mean, I have a husband who's been struggling with long term depression and has just finally started talking publicly about it. And so there's a lot that's going on that you, I'm sure, will be inspired and empowered by uh, if you just check out our social media accounts. But thank you so much for having us on. We really, I really appreciate it.
1: All of the links for this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 215. So your challenge for this week is to practice this high five habit. It is so simple. All you need to do is start your day when you look in the mirror to try to trigger yourself to give yourself a little high five. It does feel kind of silly. You can touch the mirror. You can not touch the mirror, whatever it is. It's more about the energy that you're exerting towards yourself. One of the biggest changes I noticed within myself is that it started to override all of my default criticisms that tend to come to mind, like what I look like in the morning, or my hair being a hot mess, or, oh my gosh, there's smashed bananas all over my shirt. When did Brave put those there? (laughs) Whatever it is, suddenly I'm like, hey, you got this. Today might be a great day. It might be a tough day. But either way, we're getting through it and we're going to be stronger at the end. So let's go. (laughs) And just having that energy with myself not only transforms the way I move into my day, but over time, it's changing my relationship with myself. Because when you're not being intentional about that relationship with you, Like I said, those default criticisms tend to come up, but since they're the default with most people and you've been doing them for so long, you don't even really think about changing them. It just sort of happens. It affects you subconsciously in more ways than you can count. But when you go and you choose to be in front of that mirror and you choose to say, hey, I've got your back. Hey, we're a team. I have you, you have me, we're together on this. Not only does it combat loneliness a bit, But like I said, it begins to actually intentionally build a relationship with yourself. And I've found that the effects of that carry through on more than just that moment. It offers me a resilience that I'm able to bring throughout the rest of the day and maybe even my lifetime. So I'm going to be carrying on this habit this week. What I want you to do is take a virtual high five photo of yourself tag mind love melissa and mel robbins so you can show her this this episode had an impact on you as well and just let me know how it goes i'm really excited to see all of your high fives that i will reshare on my personal instagram and mind love podcast if you tag that too so let's all be in this together you got this Also, I want to say thank you for your patience during my only time off I've ever taken (laughs) with Mind Love. It was a rough month, and I definitely needed the extra time just to self-care, take care of my family, regroup, answer all of the emails from the holidays, all the things. So... Sorry for anyone that was looking forward to a new Mind Love episode. I know a lot of you reached out and was like, where is it? It's my weekly therapy. So I'm really sorry about that. But we are back and blazing. So (laughs) I'm so glad to be here. Feeling great. And I hope all of you are too. And I'm so excited for 2022 because I have a lot of exciting things planned. So thanks for giving your mind a little love today. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into to Your Higher Frequency with MindLove. Love. Head to mindlove.com
0: for a free gift
1: to keep your vibes up until
0: next week.